2: 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
3: A very good evening uh, to everyone uh, this evening. Um, and it's the new weekly show, um, On The Ball and I'm very happy to be joined this week uh, by Jason, the Lord Jason Guy. How are you, my friend?
0: Living the dream, Dave. Living the dream. Thank you. Because listen, listeners and watchers, Dave's poorly. Dave's got a bit I'm of man Not very well at all. He's not very well. So we're going to make it. Punch honest, you you make know, it know what? I've
3: literally i've been on I've been on the sofa all day. To be honest, I've had the cricket on, and. Um, <laughs> It was it was quite exciting test and then Stokes got out and they collapsed the rip really but he was he's an incredible sportsman uh, Stokes like nine sixes he hit it was you know watching the cricket and um, my dad loves the cricket my granddad used to love the cricket I've never been to a cricket test match I used to I used to be okay. alright at cricket at school but like, I've literally lied on the sofa and I've literally got off my deathbed to come and uh, do the show tonight.
0: Bless you. We'll listen, Dave. We'll have a good show. Like you said, we'll keep it punchy and uh, get well soon, my man.
3: Absolutely. Now, Jason, we, we're going to be talking tonight, everyone. Obviously, we've got to talk about Conor Cody um, because he's officially, finally, officially left for good this time. Um, yeah. We need to talk about the South Korea Tour. Um, obviously, um, we're going to also touch on uh, what looks like... Uh, Nathan Collins To uh, Brentford It's you know There's rumours about Floating around again, again That Napoli are after Kilman It looks like we're selling All our defenders So we've got oh, a lot yeah. get...
0: yeah, you, 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 You're right Dave Listen um, The problem is at the minute At this stage of the season uh, it, it, We want to get a, Our business done early And yes I suppose With Neves It's business done early We've got some money in Which is good You know he's not you know, we're not waiting until a couple of weeks before then selling him and not replacing him or not spending the money wisely. But it's so frustrating when you can see players going out the door and not coming back in. And I think that's the worry and frustration for us all.
3: Well, it is at the moment. I mean, we know they've got to raise money and, we, you know, the Neves thing. I mean, what? obviously, I talked to Paul last week about the Neves thing. Well, what's your take on that?
0: Listen, I think with the years to go on his contract, it's unbelievable business. We don't want to lose him to a Premier League rival, although there's the argument he could go to Newcastle, which, when you look at the level and quality of players that are actually going to Saudi Arabia, it makes it less and less plausible that he's going to come back to Newcastle. If Neves was one on his own and a few 36-year-olds going over to Saudi Arabia, you could think, well, listen, 26-year-old going over there, he's going to be coming back. But... With the, the quality and the level you look at now, Mares. You look at all the other players that are going over there, and you think, you know what? It might just be a league they're trying to build. I hope it's that way. I don't want to see him come back to Newcastle. It, obviously,
3: mate, there's no way in a million. I've gone over this. There's no way in a million years he's coming back to Newcastle. Newcastle oh. aren't in aren't in any FFP trouble. If they wanted Neves, they could have got him for about thirty
0: million. Yeah but we had the argument Dave in as much as yes they could get him for 30 million but equally if they could do a dodgy deal and get him for next to nothing through the ffp back door, and they're going to sign a player for 50 60 70 million you know it might be an option but I, so I do agree with it, I do agree entirely with what you're saying and I just think now it's more and more plausible on the basis that um the quality of the players that are going to Saudi Arabia I don't think it's going to be this Um, You know, it's not going to be a league for players Or for Neves to use as a vehicle I think they are actually trying to build a Super League over there And I think Neves is now going to be part of that
3: Absolutely Now Jason, um, you've been busy today Apart from breaking your um, your wrist If you want to show everyone your mended wrist There you go Which was done during an All-Stars game And then there's been an All-Stars game today Which you've been at um, as chairman
0: Yeah there has So we was quite lucky today So we played at uh, NOSL in Stafford Supporting two great charities Burnwood Children's Hospital And Pancreatic Cancer UK We had a good turnout Of former players We had Adam Proudlock Tony Dinning Paul Jones The former midfielder Jackie Gallagher um, We had Matt Foreman The former striker We had Colin Taylor Who was another striker From the 90s We had Chris Taylor Who was a midfielder For port by Alan Walsh. So we had a good turnout today so it was a good day Dave and plenty of money raised for charity
3: fantastic absolutely brilliant mate you did some great work with that now before we get before we sign off the uh, the podcast today uh, we're going to come back in a little bit because Jason's got a, a well a new project also to say phase two of a project which is the new um Tales from the Tape book uh, that's part one and you've got coming up part Two, and we're going to be talking about that uh, yep. Before the end of the show So guys, there's an opportunity for you to get A subscriber edition Of Tales with the Tape Which has got the nice little cover there And Jason's going to let you know all about that So stay tuned for the end Now Jason yep. South, South Korea I don't know if you were going um, To South Korea um, For the pre-season friendly But I'm guessing there's a few people That have bought tickets to go to watch uh, Wolves in South Korea against what well, would have been Celtic and Roma. It was announced earlier this week that Wolves have had to pull, well, had no choice but to pull out because the um, the promoters lost their investment and left Wolves again for the second season running with egg on their face after they were going to America last year and scratching around again now trying to put in a, uh, a pre-season. You and me both know Russell. Really, really well. Yeah, yeah. Um, Russell Jones, who's a true Wolves fan, um, absolutely. And you know, puts I know how much time and effort Russell's puts into these uh, commercial things and then many preparations go. He must feel sick. But what's your take on it?
0: So, let's uh, just to go back to the Russell part. I know Russell very well, as you do. You probably know better than me, Dave. And he's a Wolves fan. And he's got the best interest of the club at heart. He's done an unbelievable job, by the way, because what you're going to think is he's now it's now not just a football club, it's a, it's a global enterprise. And he works so hard to keep putting that out across the world and create these opportunities for Wolves. However, the problem is when there's third parties involved. So we've got an opportunity last year to go to, I believe um, it was sort of North America, Mexico, for um, a tournament, and we've now the same in South Korea. Um, now, yes, it, it all steps up brilliantly with the Raúl Jiménez link, and obviously the the Huang the, uh, link. But when you got third parties involved, they're the ones that can scupper it. And the only frustrating thing for me was Russell said there was going to give an opportunity for supporters to go out and, and go on the uh, go on the plane with the players, and it would be sort of an inclusive trip a chartered flight you know it'd be fantastic there's a lot of people who booked holidays around it i was already going on a family holiday so i couldn't go anyway but there was people who specifically booked flights to korea booked hotels wanted to do it their way and to call it at the 11th hour like they did was pretty poor i'm not going to blame russell in any way shape or form because it's not russell's problem or fault obviously You've got when you've got third parties involved, I just think it's so frustrating that there should have been some warning signs early that the funding wasn't there to um, support this trip and support the funding of the trip for the teams to go over. And ultimately there's a lot of people who have forked out a lot of money and are literally gonna go now to, to South Korea on holiday and not see the wolves. And I think that's pretty poor.
3: Uh, well, to be honest, if you're a, if you're someone that's you know, on the back of Wolves playing in South Korea have booked a trip, you'd be furious. Absolutely. Um, you would be absolutely furious and livid and you you know, I know on the statement that they put out they said, like, if you've done that, can can you get in touch? Um and I don't know how they're gonna help the people that have booked to to be to be honest, it's like it's a lot of money. I we looked I looked at um how much it was to go. Yeah, Um, And it would be around about four grand you're looking at, really. Um,
0: It's it's difficult to blame individuals at the club because, look, they wanted it to go ahead. It was important for the club from a marketing perspective that this trip went ahead. But equally, you know, there's got to be someone to blame. There's got to be someone who's rubber-stamped this and it it hasn't worked. And it's just frustrating because there's so much money that, listen, we're already forking out season tickets, new shirts, whatever, subscriptions to this, that, the other. You know, and I just think this is another thing. And it, it makes it worse after last year, the, the tour being cancelled. And you think, come on, you know, let's go back to the days of Dublin and Ireland and Switzerland and Austria. They all seem to work. And Sweden. But all of a sudden, we try to branch out a bit further and it doesn't seem to work.
3: I oh, know, mate. It's um, It's, it's got to be very disappointing. I think, I think Merv's put out there... Oh, uh, Carl said that Celtic are still going to Korea, but they also are going to Japan, so okay. they would still, they would still go there. Because initially, I thought to myself, well, if Roma and Celtic have lost this tour, they're going to look for people to play. Why can't we play them in Europe?
0: Or you know, well, do well, something I, like mean, that? I think we what we're going to look at, Dave. Yeah, we're, we're focusing on the fact that people have spent two or three thousand quid and they're out of pocket. What we're going to focus on here as well. Is that wolves' pre-season has been affected, so now Massive, we're going to have to yeah. call in. We're going to have to call in something that might not have been in Lopetegui's plans. Um, so it's a bit of a tricky one for me because this is the pre-season. This pre-season is so important with Lopetegui taking over, yeah. and it's his first full pre-season. It needs to be right, and it already looks like plans have been scuppered. And there's, um, you know, it's it's it's. Uh, it's not as smooth as he wants it to go. And that's the worrying thing, really. Look, you know, we're already frustrated with the, the lack of signings. I'm sure that's going to happen. But I think we need to get a good, solid pre-season. And right now, the plans are up in arms. And, it, and it's just, you know what, it, 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 it's quite demoralising because I was really looking forward to this season.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? The preparation for this uh, for the Premier League is really important. And the commercially, South Korea would be massive for Wolves because of Wanky yep, Chan yeah. and you know, it was before that it was Mexico and all that sort of jazz and it's fell through. But it's left wolves with egg on the face. And say, you know, it's not it's not like you can't blame like one particular person because it was Absolutely a reputable, no. it was a reputable promoter and it's the promoter that's then lost the investment. They've tried to stick with it, but at the end of the day it's thrown it made us it's made us look daft and it's and for the second second year running, the same things have asked same the same thing has happened, and it just thinks it, people ask questions and they just it makes us look like we've looked daft as an organisation, but like it's one of these things it's just coincidental. I suspect they mm. end up going to Portugal or somewhere like that and playing over there again or, yeah. you know, look- or
0: wherever. We both know Russell, and Russell has been absolutely brilliant for all his Wolves. He's been brilliant for me with my first book. You know, he's a genuine Wolves fan, oh. and he's worked hard to be in his position. Uh, and you know, you know that that what he's achieving in as much as all the, the, the links we're forging all over the world is fantastic. And it, you know, he can't be can't be laid at his feet, but equally, he's um,
3: about it. He's, he's absolutely. I can believe he's, it. He's, he's absolutely devastated.
0: Yeah, I can believe it. I can believe it. Cause he, you know, he's, he's one of us, isn't he? He's a Wolves fan. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's, he's obviously worked so hard for the club. But, listen, I just hope that they get some decent opposition and, you know, Locke's happy with it and we can have a good pre-season because I think that's what we need, really, to get us going for the new campaign.
3: And, interestingly enough, a lot of the players have gone
0: back today.
3: To yeah, I've, I
0: have seen win. that, Dave. I've seen that. Um, and which is good. And it's really weird, you see, because... As football fans, we expect them to be off for a month and, you know, sunning it and, you know, getting fat and drinking. And a lot of these players haven't even had a break. You've seen a lot of players out at tournaments, especially with the, I think it was the Under-21 um, World Cup that they had or, or, or European Championships, maybe. So um, these players, that don't seem to have had a break. And all of a sudden, they're back at Molineux. But look, for us as Wolves supporters, it's a selfish thing. We need them back. We need them firing on all cylinders. We need them training together, working hard, getting the plan ready for next season, gelling together as a unit, following Lop's plans. And, you know, I think we're all going to be quietly confident with Lop getting his first season under his belt with, with his way, his plan, his mantra, his players.
3: Absolutely. And, guys, if you want to join in with the chat, all you need to do is be a subscriber for one second. And you can uh, you can join in with the conversation in the chat with all the uh, the guys there. Uh, moving on from South Korea, um, obviously we talked about Neves, Conor yep. Cody, you know, not many players for the for our club get to over 300 appearances. He's, he's in a steam company with, uh, you know, a very, very few people play that many. He's played over 300, 317 games, I think he played for Wolves in the end. You know, Incredible he was a versus, came from Huddersfield in twenty fifteen. Yeah. The year the year that Nuno came in, you know, if he'd have been sold then, none would have we wouldn't have even heard, thought about Connor Cody ever again. He became an this absolute was... you, you know massive part of the team, became captain in that back three, always gave two hundred percent for the shirt. And um, obviously we all know what happened last year with Everton, Everton in the end, didn't want him. He's got the move to uh, Leicester City. We've also got Harry Wink, seven and a half million with a, a million pound add-on. It's a, it's a good uh, deal for Wolves. Yeah. Um, but um, what 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 do you take of the whole Conor Cody situation? What words have you got about that?
0: So, Conor Cody for me. We we've signed him quite rightly from Huddersfield as a centre midfielder. He played in centre midfield at the start of his Wolves career, and he didn't stand out. He was another centre midfielder, right? We've seen it all before. And Nuno made him the player he is. So what you've got to remember is this is a player, Dave, and you've hit the nail on the head. He's played over 300 games for Wolves, who's played for eight seasons or eight years at Wolves. Now, you can go back to players from the 70s. You go, say, Willie Carr, Jeff Palmer, John Richards. We all know why they're legends, right? But equally, a lot of us as supporters, I haven't seen Willie Carr play alive, but I know he's a Wolves legend. And there's people saying that Conor Cody isn't a Wolves legend. So at what point does someone hit legendary status, right? So do we have to win trophies? My point is with Conor Cody, we signed him in the championship. He was a leader and helped. And he was pivotal in the revolution under Nuno to bring us up. We then got to the European quarterfinal. We got to an FA Cup semi-final. We got to two seventh-place finishes in the Premier League. That's huge. At what point does that player not... Listen, he lives his life exemplary off the pitch. And on top of that, what a leader he's been on the pitch. And you know what? Without Conor Cody, we wouldn't have hit the successes we've got to. And that's why, Dave, by the way, we're so frustrated under Bruno Large. We're so frustrated that we're fighting our way around the bottom of the league because... We've got entitled on the basis that we have hit such heights under these players. Now, Foson was quite vocal in where they wanted us to go when they first took the club over. In hindsight, I bet they thought that we should have hadn't said it. But what we achieved was well above their plan, and they said that. So Cody, for me, was such an instrumental part of that. And players are going, yeah, and is a legend, but Cody isn't. It's very difficult for me to differentiate on the basis that both great players, both massive leaders. I mean, you've got to think, Conor Cody's the first player since Matt Jarvis in, I think it was 2011. And before that, Steve Ball in 1990 was his last cap for England. Um, Steve, uh, Sorry, Conor Cody is the first player to play for England since then. And that captain England. And more Jack than number
3: four, his same
0: is Billy Wright. That is absolutely huge. So for me, he's a Wolves legend because at what point do we give players Wolves legendary status? Because if it's, we're going to win trophies, we've got to win the FA Cup, we're going to win the League Cup, there might not be a, a, a legend for another 10, 15, 20 years. And he is, in my opinion. But legends, obviously, it's all subjective, isn't it? I could say to you, Billy Wright's a legend I've never seen him play. Someone from the 50s would go, he is a legend. And a young kid from today, he's never even heard of him. So for me, Connor Cody, watching him play for Wolves, watching how he, he 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 led the club and he was so um, disciplined and professional in the way he went about his duties. For me, he's a club legend.
3: Absolutely. In history, I'll write the, uh, I'll write the epitaph on Cody over time. Absolutely. Away days are great, but
1: there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app.
0: Dave, let's be honest. Uh, we he went to Everton on loan, which was a good move for the player and a good move for us at the time. He wasn't in Lop's plans. He went to Everton. Obviously, he's from the northwest. He's from the, the you know that area, Liverpool, Merseyside, and it was a good move for him. Yes, he didn't fit into um, Sean Dyche's plans, but for Wolves now, we, we, it was tipped four and a half million that he was going to Leicester for. Uh, sorry, going to Everton for. We've now almost doubled that. You know, seven and a half million pound plus add-ons. Uh, for the deal for Leicester I think it's good for us uh, fantastic for us once again a player with a year left on his contract and I think it's brilliant for him and he deserves that you know he really does next year he's worth nothing so I think you know he ain't going to be playing in the England team again I think he's he's, he's, he's he's hit the crescendo and now you know let's let's be honest but how good would it be for him to play in Leicester, a progressive team, win some football and get promoted? Would he stay in the Leicester team next season? It, it, you know, the season after, I should say, it doesn't matter. But for him, I think it's a brilliant opportunity. Uh, and for Wolves, good business?
3: I think it is good business. I mean, Wolves, when you look at it, £47 million for uh, for Neves. You add the £8.5 because I think he probably got a good chance of getting promoted, but uh, we think we we'll call it eight. So that's... 50, £55 million pounds, yeah. uh, that they've bought in already. Someone's put up here, um, which I'm just going to put on the uh, the screen when I can uh, find it again in a second. Where's that gone? Who put up about uh, Kil- Kilman? Uh, here we go. Gary says, Napoli apparently made a bid for Kilman for €35 million. Euros. Wolves are looking for €40 million. Euros. I mean... Again, it's it's been reported, but like uh, on top of that, you know, Brentford heading ever closer to signing Nathan Collins for 23 million. So obviously, Collins goes for 23. You add another um, 70, that's getting on to 80 million. So, but
0: like, we'll have no defense left, will we? That's the frustrating thing. I'll come on to Kilman in a minute, but the Nathan Collins for me was signing for 20 million. He was from a relegated side. Yes, I know he's supposed to be this ball-playing centre half, and but for me, I haven't seen what we've spent or invested twenty million pounds on. And we have got to think next season: if if Nathan Collins is going to be the kingpin or the linchpin of our defence, is he going to be worth thirty million at the end of it? I doubt it. Now, Lopetegui's seen enough of him to realise that he's not the, 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 the player that we need in the centre. Well, he wasn't
3: defense. starting him, was he? It was Kilman. And no. Hall.
0: And hence the reason he signed Craig Dawson. And Craig Dawson has been the difference for us. So if we've got a player who's we've paid 20 million for, we get offered 23 million for, and he's not pulling up trees. For me personally, I think that's very good business. One of the things about Nathan Collins which upset me, and I put it on social media earlier, was when he got the sending off against uh, Manchester City, and he, he, he a ridiculous tackle on the halfway line um, on Jack Grealish's chest, whatever. Is waiting in the tunnel to say sorry to Jack Grealish. Now, I interview players from the 70s and 80s, Dave. Players who got tackled neck high and haven't spoke to that player since. Players who who give blood, sweat, and tears for the shirt. Why on earth, once you tackled a player and got sent off, would you just wait for him in the tunnel like a lettuce, like a flannel? And go, oh Jack, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry I tackled you, Jack. I'm re-. it was in the heat of the month. What? Listen, Manchester City aren't even competitors of ours. If he kicks him in the chest, the next villain, let him do it. I don't want to see a player get injured on the pitch. But equally, I want some passion. I don't want someone to get off the pitch and wait there and apologise to Jack Grealish. That's not a player I want in my team. You make some really, really good points. So you're quite happy. Dave,
3: Dave, disagree with me there. No, I don't disagree with you. I think that, I mean, at the end of the day, I think everyone's a human being. Um, Jack Grealish, I mean, you love him or you hate him. He's kind of like the new yeah. gather, isn't he? Uh, Jack Grealish. Yeah. Um, I don't think he would have needed to have waited in the tunnel for him when he comes off and stuff. He could have done it at any other point and said, look, I'm sorry, whatever. But, like, to be waiting in the tunnel, that's what he did, to then say yeah. sorry. It's, it's, Dave, bit...
0: last season, Jose Sarr is in the tunnel Saying to Kevin De Bruyne, don't oh, go on us today. Yeah, i remember, I remember that. Yeah, uh, uh, what, what sort that's of, mentality
3: almost of like inferiority before you even start?
0: Dave, we've lost before we get out
3: there. Yeah, and that's what we uh, want. We, we, Wolves, um, you, you need to have a nasty streak in the uh, in the Premier League.
0: Dave, of course, we do. What's the point in creating this massive theatre at Molyneux where we've got fireworks going off and the strength of the Wolves in the pack? And we're all there going, oh, come on, Wolves. And the supporters getting behind him as the, the 12th man. And then Nathan Collins is waiting in the tunnel going, oh, sorry, I tackled you, mate. Come on. Let him do that for a relegated team like Burnley. Let him go and do it at Brentford. We don't want these players at Wolves, Dave. Let's be honest, Craig Dawson wouldn't do that.
3: Well, you've seen Craig Dawson, the way he defends, he literally puts his head in where
0: it really does hurt every single time. And And that's why, Dave, he's still playing. And that's why, sorry to interrupt, that's why Craig Dawson is still playing at the level he is now. And that's why he was such an effective and strong player for us last season. And yes... I understand that a, a, a set of the Wolves fan base, the younger fan, give him time, give him time. And this is the old silver argument. How much time can we give these players? How many times can we sign players for the future? We nearly got relegated last year, Dave. We haven't got this time on our side. And you know what? Lopetegui, if he's an elite manager or he's an elite manager, was very quickly spotted that Nathan Collins isn't the man he wants at centre-back. And we've got to back that to the hilt.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what's your take on the Max Kilman to Nap- Napoli link then?
0: I don't think personally Napoli have got thirty-five to forty million euros to spend on players. Not that I know they're inside, you know, their, their finances. But you've got to look at the Italian game. So all the big players are either stopping in the Premier League that perhaps might be going to France. Spain at a push with some of the big clubs or Saudi Arabia. There's not many Italian clubs that are linked with big money moves. So when you hear a 35 million euro link for Kilman, um, I think it's a bit disingenuous for, for, for my part. I like Max Kilman. You know, I think he's a he's a good player. I think he's a strong player. I definitely think he's a better player than Nathan Collins. He's a player I'd like to keep at the club for a number of reasons. One, um, I think we've seen him get better and better and better and progress. I can't see that progression under Nathan Collins. I think that under Craig Dawson, as under Connor Cody, Max Killman will look a better player. And quite rightly, if if we're signing all our, uh, selling all our centre-halves, i.e. Um, Collins, etc., listen, we're going to be left with no defence. So I think it's important that we do keep Killman.
3: Yeah, no, I think so. But I mean, I could understand. See, I can understand Cody going. I can understand, you know, Cody, you had gone anyway, and you know, they take the money fine. I can kind of get um, Collins because, like, he wasn't really starting anyway. He was, he was down yeah. the pecking order, but I can't, I can't get my head around Coll- uh, Kilman because, like, Kilman yeah. w- was the main man alongside Dawson and Kilman like you, is only getting better and more experienced.
0: I think, I think uh, the only way, the only way to almost justify it is from the club's point of view. This is a player that's obviously we've signed for very little and we're going to make a lot of money on. So that's the benefit to the club. But I think he's a much better player than Collins. And I don't think he's one we should let go. Um, and I think we're going to get a big season out of him next year. I really, really do. And I think with Craig Dawson, and I think we need to bring in another centre-half to provide competition. Um, I think it, it, it's going to really steady the defence, but Nathan Collins, for me, won't be a miss.
3: Yeah, I think an, uh, another centre-half they're going to have to bring in for definite. I mean, we've got Totti Gomez, who can play yep. centre-half. Yeah. We've also got a strengthen uh, the wing-back area as well. I mean, Norrie, you know might go Pedence. I, you know, my dad won't thank me for saying this, but probably take the money for him as well. Um but like you, you're looking at upwards of sales with uh, the, the the Collins sale, you're getting towards eighty to eighty to a hundred million pounds in sales. There's gotta be players got, they've got to have players coming in soon because you can't we've got we're back to pre season and the squad's
0: smaller. Listen a so, lot of studies Lop must have his targets and they've got to back him. I know Craig Spillard um, on Twitter is very vocal about and his understanding of FFPs is, is, is clearly second to none. So there is going to be money to spend, but it's got to be invested wisely, Dave. And we all go into every summer or every Christmas and every window. I know it's the biggest window yet. Of course, it's the biggest window yet because it's the window now. Um, but this is a big window because it's, under, it's Lop's first Real opportunity to get the players in he wants. And it'll be a real statement of intent from Fowson, um to where they want to take the club. And we've got to be realistic, Dave. Are we going to finish in Champions League spots next season? And we, we've got, you know, we've been punching above our weight for a while while we've been bouncing around seventh place. If we get anything above the top half and we've got our heart pounding because we might get into ninth, eighth, seventh place, we're going to take that, you know, we're not going to compete with Man City, Arsenal. These are clubs that are spending up to £100 million north on players. Let's be realistic. We're not going to be in that bracket for a long, 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 long time, if ever. So let's enjoy where we are. And let's just hope Thousand back this manager. Because so I really think that we can get back to the levels that Nuno created. And I think that, once again, we are punching above our weight when we was there. And what great times there were.
3: Yeah, obviously, I mean, there's a lot of water to go under the bridge. Um, I mean, we we need to know the pre-season schedule. We we, we know they've got a, a match at Molyneux against Rennes uh, before the start of the season, which is good to see uh, that match back because it's been missing for two or three years, that match at Molyneux before the start yep. of the season, the pre-season, uh, pre-season. And obviously, there'll be some other pre-season friendlies that will be announced. And obviously, Wolves fans will probably go to watch and wherever it is, because that's what Wolves fans do. Um there's a lot of water to go under the bridge. And I think this week's going to be quite an interesting week uh with the players back at training. I think Wolves really need to with all these players going out, we're gonna need to they're gonna need to very, very soon, uh and hopefully this week, uh, announce some signings because the fans need a little bit of a you know, a little bit of a
0: fill up. Like we've actually signed <laughs> someone do we do? There's a lot of people who've spent a lot of money on paying for season tickets and, you know, I don't want to go all political, but there's a massive cost of living crisis and people have spent a lot of money. They might have gone into debt for their season ticket and I think the Wolves fans equally need to be rewarded for that and there's nothing worse than seeing all these other clubs doing business and our club isn't doing business. Um, and, and, you know, that's obviously a worry, but if Lop's got his targets and he... he but you want to do your business early. That's the thing. Because the so later in the window. You
3: need time to embed the, the, the players yeah. into the squad. And the later and they, in the
0: window, the more the price gets hiked up for these players as well. Because they know you're desperate. So that's the that's the thing. That's why, obviously, price is peaking the, the the January window. So he's got to do his business early. The good thing is we've sold players early. So we, we know we've got the money. So we need to get spending it now. But on the right. Oh, listen, I'm not one of them people spend 30 million on this player we've never heard of and that. I'm A firm believer that we, you know, we, we, we even if we spend not much money on players, which we've done, and if you look, most of our most successful signings recently, we've actually paid less money for. So, I'm good doing that and not buying household names 100%, but it's, right? It's going to improve us,
3: of course. There are like three players coming back. Um, technically, I mean, Raul, Raul Jimenez is still there,
0: yeah. I've seen and Raul yesterday, so I live in Trees only he passed me. And, you know, that was quite nice, really, because you think that he's still in the air. He was still... Listen, I I, I would personally give Raul a chance next season because, one, we ain't got any strikers, Dave. We haven't. Um, if we get an unbelievable offer for him, clearly he's got to go. But equally, I think there's still something what, there. Well,
3: he's insane. He wants to stay and, uh, and play and still wants to play in the Premier League. And that there ain't another Premier League team that's going to come in for him. No. So, I mean... You could, you could be thinking maybe he's got a point to prove this year. You might, you Absolutely. know, we'll see. We've got Kalajic coming back. Yeah. Um, Fabio Silva. Yeah. You know, Chiquino.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean Chiquino. Have you seen like Chiquino's Chikino. video? video on uh, Twitter? No. You haven't seen it? No. You haven't seen his video he's done with the drone and he's in a swimming pool and his family having a barbecue? No oh dave you are missing out he's put this video out and it's like a 50 cent video from the 90s is it uh he's sitting there in his swimming pool he's got a drone coming out and it's pretty impressive actually and um, whether it's going to make him a world beater i don't know but most of all fans who've watched it think it is
3: right i um, think, we, right, I think we, we should uh next week we need to recreate a 50 cents video with a drone and everything me and you like yeah. in there.
0: I'm not kidding you, Dave. You must have spent a fortune on that video. It was pretty impressive, but yeah, Ben I mean Kaleidic, That was one where I heard on good authority that he said to Lars before that first game last season that he didn't, he wasn't ready to play, and he played and got forced through and got injured. I mean, if that is the truth, do we now confirm Castine? No, we don't. But it's unforgivable. But there might be a player there. We've almost forgot about it. He got injured so we early. Don't know, do we? No, we don't. And he got injured so early. So effectively, we could say that is like a new signing. Um, The silver thing, Dave, you know, my, you know, my thoughts about the silver thing, which I'll clear up very quickly that still a lot of people out there. Oh, give him a chance. He's one for the future. You don't spend £35 million on a player for the future. Everyone that's listening to me now is going, he's bleating on about it again. But it's true. We don't spend £35 million on a player for the future. That player should be ready. Is he ready now? He's more ready than he was on the basis he's been out alone. Am I convinced he's a Premier League striker? our answers? No. If we got offered 20 million plus, would I take it? Yes.
3: There, there you have it. But would you, do you so you'd have Raul and Kalajic and Kuna?
0: Yeah,
3: I'd, yeah. What about the guy yeah. from Coventry and the, uh, who's Well, the he's
0: gone now, hasn't he? The guy from Coventry has gone to, who's he just gone to today in Spain? Oh, has he? Yeah, he's gone. He's gone. And so what's going in for him? Dave, you've been lying on the set all day, poorly, mate. He's I, gone. Mate, the, you know... Of um, course, I know.
3: Oh, I tried to be on the
0: ball with E6 He's gone like, to a club in Spain. I might be wrong. It might be Rail Betty's. I might be wrong but, but, but from what I've seen earlier. So, he, he's already gone. Listen, Silver's made that many noises about he doesn't want to be at the club. That's my bugbearer now. And this is our club, Dave. We love... We love the wolves, right? Always wolves. We love them. If a player doesn't want to play for us, he's not sure. He's not this, not, not doubt. We yeah. don't want him, Dave. We want players to give a hundred percent and bleed for that shirt, like the players I've interviewed for the book. So let's. If he wants to come back and give it a hundred percent and have an opportunity, I'm all behind him. But if not, if he's unsure and he pff, get rid.
3: Fantastic, and that's almost a seamless link for the book. Um, Funny that, so- Dave. Yeah, for the book Tales of the Type Two um, is coming very soon, launching at Christmas. But you can pre-order, you can pre-order and have your name in the book. Is that correct?
0: Absolutely, Dave, and I wanna make a bit of an impassioned plea here because it is a bit of a labour of love. I've got a disabled daughter and I've been putting so much time into this book. So the first book was born off the podcasts that I did. And um, I felt I, I said the, way, the reason the podcast started. I've been talking to the players in the wolf Stars dressing rooms. Hearing so many great stories, and I thought we can turn this into a podcast, which we did. And told some great stories on mic and off mic. I wrote the book, sold twelve hundred and fifty copies, sold out instantaneously, raised over twenty thousand pounds for charity. Wow,
3: fantastic.
0: And I'm, Dave, I'm very proud of the book. I'm very proud of the book for a number of reasons. One, there was a lot of stories in the last book that players hadn't told anyone. There were stories that we've got to remember that these players um, aren't going to go on forever. Once these players have passed on or won't be doing interviews or forget these stories, they're gone forever. Forever. They're gone. So from my point of view, I wanted to almost create a... Um, for want of a better word, um, you know, something encyclopedic where we can refer back to and 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 see catalog these stories. Of men. A catalogue, a catalogue, a catalogue, and it's worked with the podcast and now it's working with the chapters. So, I've been interviewing people such as Dennis Conyard and Greg Fellows. To most Wolves fans out there, they have not got a clue who Dennis Conyard and Greg Fellows is. Dennis Conyard was a physio from Penn Wolverhampton who heard. An impassioned plea from Derek Dugan on the radio that Wolves needed a physio before the 82-83 season. Listen to it. Come in for an interview. Derek Dugan's interview to him was, right, there's five players there. Get them fit and you've got the job. Greg Fellows, he was a coach that coached under Tommy Doherty in the 80s. Some of the stories, these are incredible stories. They've never been interviewed. Dennis Conyard said he used to walk around the pitch after the match and pick up the sock ties and wash them because it would have cost money to bring other sock ties in and they couldn't afford them. He said he had a private practice of his physiotherapy in pen. He'd come to the Molyneux and the, 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 the equipment they used was antiquated. And I've interviewed Ted Farmer. Ted Farmer was the player who, I mean, what an incredible goal-scoring record. 44 goals in 57 appearances for the Wolves. An incredible player that, got, that had to cut his career short because one of his own players injured him in training. And he, he mentions who, the, he didn't mention it in the podcast, but I've read his book and he, he told me off air who the player was. Then you got Bobby Gould. Who's the, the player, Chase? So, yeah, it was a player called Dave Woodfield. And Dave tackled him in training uh, uh, and, and, and severely injured him. And this was all under Cullis' watch. And he wrote his book, which is so interesting. So he played for the Wolves in the early 60s. He wrote his book in 1967, but he didn't release it till 1990 on the basis that he was scared of the backlash he'd get from the the, the, the Wolves supporters who revered Stan Cullis. So he, he didn't bring the book out. So he brought it out in 1990. Then we've got people such as, obviously, the legends, John Richards, Willie Carr, Jeff Palmer, John DeWolf and Jamie O'Hara in there. Jamie O'Hara goes really deep on the, the how it mentally affected him. I've interviewed John Pender. John Pender's now got motor his disease. So he talks about his illness. So, Dave, it's not just about football. It's not just about the Wolves. It's about life challenges. I've got players in there who've had alcohol problems, addictions, gambling addictions, illness, you know, John Pender. Johnny Gorman, great story. Here's the lad who was at the Wolves, made his international debut before he played for the club. And then he said football wasn't his dream. He was just good at it. So he got kept getting scouted. Man United and Man City. Next thing you know, he's playing in Wolves' first team at Norwich. He didn't even want to be a professional footballer. Then, great story, Steve Hodge, who won, uh, who played in the World Cup in 1986, played against Diego Maradona, got his shirt, sold it for £7 million, and he was in the bomb squad at Wolves, where we'd oversee the players such as Roger Johnson, Jamie O'Hara, incredible Dave. Um, see, it's quite an impassioned play because these stories, we would never, ever, ever get to hear Dave. And I write them, and listen to the podcast, and then... I have to read back what I've wrote, so I can't believe it. And that's what I want to create. I'm not a journalist, so I don't want to create a polished feel. But what I do want to create is when someone... Have you ever read a book, Dave? And you've read, you've read something, you've gone. You've actually gone. And you've read it again. We've all you done what? it. You what, mate? Missed that? You broke? You'd... Sorry. You froze for a second? Oh, sorry. Have you ever read a book, Dave? And you've read something in the book, I've... and then you, you've looked away... And you thought, oh, I can't believe what I've just read, and you've gone back and read it. Oh yeah, of course, of course have. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 for me, Dave, that is so important, and that is what I want to create. I want, I want these stories. I, I'm listening to the podcast now. I recorded these with these players one or two years ago, and I cannot believe some of the stories they've told me. And. I'm listening now and I'm I'm writing it myself going, oh, my God, did that happen at our club? Because when we drive past that stadium now and we will spend £30 on a player and it means nothing and we see all that beautiful structure of twisted steel that creates the Billy Wright stand, that club nearly wasn't there, Dave. And there's so many people that have woven their story into the fabric of our club. We cannot lose it.
3: Absolutely. A quick question from Paul. He's definitely going to get your book, Jason. He said, did you talk to Chapman Brothers and manager?
0: I've actually interviewed Campbell Chapman. Uh, I couldn't interview Sammy because, bless, uh, Sammy died a couple of years ago. I have interviewed Campbell Chapman. I've also interviewed... Sorry, I haven't interviewed yet, but I've got a line interview lined up with Kevin Chapman. And that's, once again, so interesting. Sammy Chapman, um, when he took over at the club as as manager, he was foraging the local leagues for players, and he picked out players like... um, Dean Spartram and Neil Edwards, and he had to play his sons. You know, he had to, Dave, because he couldn't get players for the club. You know, there was people working, men who'd be working at the milk factory in Wolverhampton, earning more players than the players that played at Wolverhampton Wanderers. And listen, the thing is with Sammy Chapman, what a, what a lovely guy he was. I did meet Sammy. And with Campbell and Cavan, that was the target for the Boo Boys because the manager was playing his sons. But without people like that, we might not have a club. Absolutely. So, just tell us, tell us about the subscriber
3: edition because it won't be out till December. Yeah, um, that's right. Basically, explain
0: what that is. So, it's going to come out in time for Christmas, Dave. So, what I do: um, the, every uh, penny from the profit of the book goes to um, the three charities, which is Breast Cancer Now, the One P Three Six Family Trust, and the U Cross. Neonatal Department So the subscriber editions People get the chance To have their name In the back of the book So when the book Comes on sale End of November Early December It's £20 But if people pay Just an extra £10 Now £30 They get the name In the book So They will get their name In the back of the new book Which is Will I have a gold cover And so You know, these books, obviously, they're going to be hopefully around for years and people are going to keep reading them. And what's, what's lovely, Dave, is John Richards got a copy of the first book and he's actually in this book, the new book. John Richards got a copy of the first book and he said, I was going to bed every night and reading a chapter. King John, John Richards, 194 goals for the Wolves, is going to bed and reading my book. And he said, Jason, I was learning stuff about players who were sitting next to me in the dressing room and I didn't know anything about and you know what, Dave, that for me, I was like, listen, I have so many. I know we get to, to meet these ex-players, Dave, but I have so many wow moments. And I think for 30 quid, you're getting an absolute bargain. And not only that, Dave, you support your three great charities important to my heart. Last book raised £10,000, so 1250 copies in record time. And on top of that, I can't name his name, but and you'd you all know who he was an individual private donor read the book and enjoyed it that much. He asked me for three more copies for his children and he said, how much do you want, Jason? I went, listen, I'm not going to name his name. I said, listen, free of charge, they're yours. And he donated £10,000 of his personal wealth to the charities. That's why it raised £20,000. Now, tell me, Dave, I'm not blowing my own trumpet. If that great man thought it was a good book, he can't be wrong.
3: No, and... Um... You know, basically, you've got £30, I mean, Carl says, like, I'm doing the book for £30. Thank you,
0: guys. You're making so much difference to the charities as well. You know, and I see how far the money goes, and I see the difference it makes. I've just had an order actually come through on my phone. But uh, www.talesfromthetape.co.uk, just go on there, 30 quid, guys. Listen, it, it's around the drinks, but the difference you're going to be making to other people's lives is, is the most important thing. But I promise you, if you read this book and you do not enjoy it, I will refund you double.
3: There you go. What what a sales
0: pitch that was. I promise you, I promise. you. If someone emails me or texts me or messages me or rings me direct or meets me and says, I did not enjoy this book, I promise you, I will give them double the cash back.
3: Fantastic. Uh, mate, obviously put us in for um, for the subscriber edition, as I've Absolutely. already said to you anyway, and there's a few other people here. Uh, talesofthetape.com, and you can pre-order your uh, yeah, copy. Ta- ta- and ta-
0: sorry, Dave, talesfromthetape.co.uk.
3: Talesfromthetape.co.uk. And I think you've still got some uh, copies of the first book still left as well, haven't you? Yeah, so-
0: I'm going to do a very special edition. I've only got about eight copies of the first book left. Um, And I've only kept them really for my kids. I'm not going to have eight kids. But I kept them for the kids. But what I'm prepared to do is is do, once the new book's out, is put them in a nice double edition so people can read both books. And uh, listen, guy, it is such a labour of love for me. Um, And there's no ego attached to this whatsoever, in as much as when I write what I write down, and when I read it after, I'm amazed and I'm wowed. And I'm like, not with my writing, with the stories that I get told. And what I did as well, I did a bit of research. So I looked at two other <laughs> flipping X, 50 quid, mate. Bloody hell. If I sign it, it'll be worth a tenner. Um, I done some research and I, I, I bought some uh, other books from people who have done podcasts on other clubs. Nottingham Forest, I think, was one. Man City was another. And they'd done books. And I read the stories and there was all right there wasn't anything um juicy but and i'm thinking do you know what you've got to give people what they want to hear and um there's i wrote a, a, a paragraph in my last book and i put there's so many stories that unless we preserve them that when they knock the old waterloo road stand down they're gonna die in that rubble dave they're gone forever and you can't get them back you know we're not going to know stories now from players from the 1920s, 1930s. We're never going to know it. But if we can know it now, we can protect it for the future. So, listen, that's uh, that's my impassioned play, and it just means so much to me.
3: Fantastic. Talesfromthetape.co.uk. Go and check that out and get your subscriber edition before they all run out. Um, that's absolutely fantastic. I've got the first book. It's a fantastic book and um it'll send segment. you to
0: sleep tonight dave it will so know you're not very well read that mate you'll be sleeping two minutes
3: i'm not i'm really not very
0: well uh but i know uh, dave you don't look it and listen i think you, we've got to pay particular credit to you because it's not easy doing these podcasts and finding new content and it's not and you know what you keep putting your head above the parapet a fair play Dave. so I'm, I'm you know it's I'm not happy that you're not feeling very well. But get well soon, brother.
3: Yeah, everyone gets ill from time to time. It's just been that for me. I'm glad it's not on a weekend there. We've got a match and you missed the game or anything. It's just brilliant talking to you tonight, mate. And I know you've got family coming round uh, now, so we've done no it a little bit earlier tonight. So thank you for uh, for jumping on. Guys, check out Um If you're watching it back um, on catch-up, leave your comments. If you're brand new, um, subscribe and smash a like. And of course, a lot of you will be listening to it around the world on the podcast as well. Uh, from myself and Jason to all of you guys, wherever you are in the world, lots of love and always wolves.
0: Always wolves.
1: At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms supply. See mcdonalds.com.
0: This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport
2: Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.